So when we are growing up, it can seem pretty simple when we have done something wrong. How do we know? Well, I can remember how I used to know someone taller than me would tell me. I would be told when I did something wrong. Then as we get older, we are the ones who get taller, and people start thinking that we can figure things out for ourselves at least most of the time. And so the only one left to tell us we are doing something wrong is us. When was the last time you got yourself in trouble? Can we remember? I mean, when you told yourself, hey, this is really wrong, we need to stop, we need to say we're starry, is it hard to remember? What might we have done instead? I know many times what I tend to do is I tell myself reasons why I shouldn't get in trouble or why I should go ahead and do this thing, why it was necessary. It could be because I had no other choice. I didn't see any other way, though perhaps it was bad or hurtful or wrong. I know that nothing else could have been done. This is the choice I have to make. Or even though what we do may be bad, we tell ourselves that something better will come out of it. This is a necessary sacrifice for the greater good. So we do something small, this small, not-so-good thing now, so something even better will come out of it. Or we just simply want. We want whatever it is, and we want it so much, so badly, that in the end, nothing else really matters. I can still remember to this day being in daycare. I was probably four years old, and it was lunchtime, and for our dessert, we got an ice cream bar. Now, I don't know about you, but as a four-year-old, that was about the greatest thing you could get. And, of course, you only get one. One is never enough. But I remember sitting across from this kid and watching him. He had finished his right around the time that the kid next to him was opening his, and the kid just took it. Just took it. And, of course, the kid is crying, but the, but the little boy who snatched it, he doesn't care. He's just sitting there eating it, enjoying this wonderful ice cream, having no compassion, no empathy at all for this child that he just traumatized by taking away his ice cream bar. And as the kid is sitting there eating it, I wonder, maybe he was thinking, well, how bad is it really? Jesus came in the midst of a world who was not listening to each other. People were not seeing how what they were doing were, was harming each other, and Jesus wanted to change that. And it wasn't just about spiritual things. Jesus was not here just to talk about heaven and eternity and those things that are hard for us to see. He was also talking about the world, this world, the world in which we are in right now, the world we live in, the world where we work and we play, the world we take care of and not take care of. And so Jesus, like the Lorax, talks to people about how they are hurting the world and those who live in it. But people were not understanding. Now, was it because they couldn't understand? Was it too hard? Or did they just not want to accept what Jesus had to say? Did they not want to hear? But one person in particular did seem to listen to Jesus, and Jesus' words had an impact on him. 
Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, a religious leader. Now, most religious leaders did not like Jesus because what he said pushed against the cultural norms and the expectations and a lot of the ways that kept these established religious leaders in power and in status. And so, one night, this man Nicodemus visits Jesus and asks him about this. Jesus' response is, Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, And do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Jesus says, if you won't believe me about the things I say about this world, how can we possibly believe the things that Jesus says about God? In other words, there is not a separation between God and this world. If we can't take care of this world and the people in it now, why should anything change in the world to come? And so we may hear people say that God's main purpose is to judge. And we can think that God's judgment is automatically the same as God's condemnation, us automatically getting into trouble. Sometimes it's for the little things. And then as we get older, those little things get bigger and more complicated. And we may think God is always around the corner, just waiting, just waiting for us to get in trouble. But then Jesus reminds us, God did not send me to condemn the world. God did not send me to get the world in trouble, but to let people know I am here to help them, to save them, to love them. That is great news. It's a great message. It reminds us that we have been created by a God who loves us so much that God will show us the most incredible things out of that love. That God will give us so much to remind us we are a great people and we are capable of great things. Each and every one of us are capable of great things. And sometimes, for whatever reason, we forget, or we don't hear, or we don't listen. The Onceler wanted to do something great. He wanted to make a thneed. 
something, a product that had a million different uses and would be something that everyone needed and wanted. He wanted this so badly that when he saw how to make it happen by chopping down all the truffula trees, he didn't take the time to think about what would also happen when he took those trees, those resources, away. Even when the Lorax told him it was wrong, the Onceler still did not listen because what he wanted was more important to him. But how bad could it really be? How bad could it be to come to a new place filled with beauty and wonderful creatures and in the midst of that, just chop down a few trees? Let's find out. Bad? I'm not bad. I'm the good guy here. He just doesn't get it. Do you think I'm bad? Thank you. I mean, something good finally happens to me, and he just has to come along and rain on my parade. What's his problem? See? Yeah, bad. Right. Doing what comes naturally. How bad can I be? I'm just following my destiny. How bad can I be? I'm just doing what comes naturally. How bad can I be? How bad can I possibly be? Well, there's a principle in nature, principle nature. that almost every creature knows. Called survival of the fittest. And check it, this is how it goes. The animal that wins got to scratch and bite and claw and bite and punch. And the animal that doesn't, well, the animal that doesn't winds up someone else's. La, 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 lunch. I'm just saying, how bad can I be? I'm just doing what comes naturally. How bad can I be? I'm just following my destiny. How bad can I be? I'm just doing what comes naturally. How bad can I be? How bad can I possibly be? There's a principle in business that everybody knows it's sound. It says the people with the money make this ever loving world go round. So I'm bigger in my company, I'm bigger in my factory, I'm bigger in my corporate sign. Everybody out there, you take care of yours and me. I'll take care of mine, 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 mine. Shake that bottom line. Let me hear you say, smart, you little smoke. Shloppity shlop. Complain all you want, it's never, ever, ever, ever gonna stop. me petting this puppy. How bad can I be? A portion of proceeds goes to charity. How bad can I be? How bad could I possibly be? Let's see. All the customers are paying. And the money's multiplying. And the PR people are lying. And the lawyers are This is also gratifying! How bad! 
And so when we take for ourselves, it can mean that someone else does not have. When we only think of ourselves, it usually means that others will be affected or forgotten or hurt. When we don't listen to others, when we don't see others, when we don't see God, it hurts the very thing God has created, this world and all of us. And if God loves each and every one of us, how does that make us see each other? If we have experienced God's love, not God's anger, not God's condemnation, but God's actual love, how does that make us see the world and other people? If God loves this world, how does it affect the way that we see Earth, that we see Florida, that we see Lakeland? Do we feel a tug, a nudge, a calling from God to love others as well, to realize we are all connected by God's creating and loving us? Everything we do matters, and everything we don't do matters. We are never going to stop wanting things, and that in itself is not bad. But we must ask the question, is this what God wants? The once slur does not include God in his plans. He wasn't thinking about what God wanted or really what anyone else wanted. He was only thinking of himself. And there's not many times when only thinking of ourselves goes in a positive direction. As a church together, we know that we should be focusing on asking what it is God wants for us. And so what does God want? What does God want for us to be doing together for one another, for this church, for this community? What does God want us to be doing to show God's love toward the world God has created, to the people God has created? And do we care enough? Do we care a whole awful lot about what God wants to do and how we are going to be a part of it? These kinds of thoughts, these kinds of questions, either asked arbitrarily in our awareness or even directly to God, this is what we call prayer. That's not only about trying to talk with God, but opening ourselves to that opportunity, to that time, to connect with God, to learn what it is God wants with us, for us, amongst us, so that we might share that love with the world. And so I just invite us and ask us to take these next few moments and try to discern together what it is God has to say and to know that this is a form of what we can call prayer. Let us pray together. Gracious and holy God, we open ourselves to you, to your presence, to your guidance. 
We acknowledge at times what it is that we see might benefit us. We do not fully comprehend or even take the time to necessarily acknowledge how it might impact others. Perhaps we don't know all the information. Perhaps we are confused. Perhaps we are afraid we will not have enough. Or perhaps our desire simply takes over and we forget all those around us who may be affected and impacted. For this, we ask your forgiveness. But we also see in this time how it is that we can forgive one another and how we might be a presence for one another to help us as a community together discern what your call and will is for us, not just as individuals, but also as your church, as your community, as your people. And perhaps this day, this day, as we walk around the lake and we see others in the community, as we enjoy this time with family and friends and loved ones, may we see how you call us to be a part of your love and your grace. And that as we stray, may we know your guidance to come back to you. And may we see how it is that we can welcome one another back as siblings. Gracious God, may we see the ways you are calling us to care for the world and to care for each other. We pray this in the name of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. As you may have noticed the last several weeks, we have gotten back into the tradition of having a response before we dismiss. It is a time for us to remember that we are still in God's presence. That though the service may, for lack of a better word, end... We are still, as always, in an attitude of worship. And so we hope that the music helps us to remember that, in fact, as the song says this morning, as we go, we go into God's world, for we have never left. We are always a part of God's world and part of each other. God calls us to love creation and to love each other. And that in those times that we stray, as we experience God's presence, we also receive that invitation to go back. And so when we ask that question, well, how bad can it really be? May we allow ourselves to hear God's answer and God's direction as we go in peace. Amen.